you take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to continue on with our study that we begun a couple weeks ago on the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15. And we'll continue our study on the gospel tonight. We'll consider the news about Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and appearance. Paul said in verse 1, Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel. So, my dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, tonight let's consider the events of the good news. The events of the good news. Let's pray. Father, as we enter your word tonight, we ask that you would, um, you would give us understanding of its content. You'd make it clear to us that you would give us utility uh, with this matter and that it would be helpful for our hearts, beneficial for our witness. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. The proverbial answer in Sunday school for a child is God. Any question that is asked, God. And sometimes that works. Who created the heavens and the earth? God. Who sent his only son? God. Who were the first two humans made? God. And, and, it, and things just start, you know, they don't always work if you always answer with that. And the same thing happens on standardized tests. You can answer every question C, and you will get a bunch right. But there's a lot you're not going to get right. At some point, you get older and you realize that you cannot just give a proverbial answer. You expect that. You need to advance. You need to get a better answer. Well, sometimes we get a better answer and we realize that the answer is not only God, it's Jesus. And of course, if you were to go down south in the Bible Belt, you ask someone how they get to heaven and they'll tell you, Jesus. They'll give you the right answer. Even though many of them have never been to church and really don't know much about anything of the gospel, but they know enough from VBS or whatever to answer Jesus. But my point tonight is that we need to know more. We need to have more specificity than there is a God, there is someone named Jesus, and that he is the hope of religion. We need to know, and we've gone through our study, that the gospel is, is news that's good. The Christian gospel is news that's about Jesus. That's what we studied last time in Mark 1. And now I want us to continue in this study and give it more definition by way of what are the events in Jesus' life that we ought to consider the good news of Jesus Christ. So, we're going to go to one of the classic passages on the gospel. That's 1 Corinthians 15. And I'll draw your attention to verse 3 and following. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. For I declare to you, uh, as of first importance, what I received. And he's telling them the gospel. Paul is. Here it is. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. He appeared uh, to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. What we can learn from this text is that there are four significant historical events that compose the stuff of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Four four components. First, Jesus died. 
Christ died. On the cross, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit, Matthew 27, 50. And this historical event doesn't seem strange or unique in the fact that people die every day. That's normal for us to hear that. But there is something unique about this event. Every man goes the way of all the earth, but in this way, in this gospel, it's very, very significant. We're going to move on to the next piece, but let's consider the second point that Christ was buried. Christ was buried. This comes up in Matthew 27 as well. Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, he took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in, his, in its own tomb. Again, this kind of thing is extremely typical. You bury dead people, and we bury them in the earth. That's what happened to Lazarus in John 11, and that's what has count, happened to countless people since Adam, and it happened to Jesus Christ. But there's significance to Christ's death and to his burial. Thirdly, we find that Christ was raised. Christ was raised. Now, now we are not told about this event we are never, it's never reported to us that Jesus sat up, some description of his clothing or, or whatnot was given, and that he walked out of the tomb. There is no record of the event of the resurrection. Instead, on the first day of the week, the women come and they find the tomb empty. And then the angel reports that he has risen. Now, obviously, this, this event is extremely unique because it's not normal. Because when someone is, has died and has been buried, we anticipate if we dig up the person's grave, we'll find their bones. But in this case, the tomb is empty. Extremely significant. To the fourth point, Christ appeared. And Paul goes on to elaborate on a number of people seeing him. Peter saw him, the apostles, 500 followers, Paul himself, all according to this text, so there are, there are four significant events to the gospel. Just as we might say there are a number of significant ingredients to make bread. You need flour and water and yeast and salt, sugar and oil. Make it in my house, right? And, and, and there, are, there are significant ingredients to bread, and there are also concrete historical events that make up the gospel. And that's what they are. And as you read through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels are all about Jesus Christ, which we established last time. And they all focus on these four events. They're very strange when it comes to biographies. Only two of the Gospels give a birth account of Jesus. Jesus. And beyond that, most of them almost say nothing about Jesus' um, early years. They jump ahead into his ministry, and what we find, these Gospels have been characterized as biographies of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, appearances that have a very long introduction. But everything is heading towards Jerusalem in the Gospels. That's what we find. It seems very, very clear to us. The focus of the Gospel is Jesus Christ, and there are four events that make up the stuff of the gospel. But these four significant historical events compose, uh, they boil down to two pairs. They boil down. 
The first two are a pair. The second two are, are a pair. Now, let's just think for a moment. What's the relationship between Christ's death and his burial? How are those related? Obviously, they're related temporally. He died first. He was buried second. They're also related in the fact that the first or the second is contingent on the first. That is to say, because he, has, was, because he had died, he was buried. You don't bury people who are still alive. So the one after was contingent on the first. So what we have then is the second event, Christ's burial, is a witness of the fact that the first one took place. And that's the key. The fact that Jesus was buried proves that he had died. You know, people die all the time, but we may not know that. We may be able to uh, read an obituary and realize that someone has died. We may attend a funeral and realize someone has died. We might uh, attend a, a, a burial or go to a grave, grave site, and therefore you realize that such and such has died. But in all those cases, those kinds of things point to one singular reality. Someone has died. Those, all of those things point to a unique reality, the witness of death. And so Christ's burial witnesses to the fact that he truly did die. He didn't simply go unconscious and swoon, and later Joseph of Arimathea uh, resusc- he, uh, resuscitated him. That's not what happened. Some people believe that today. They reject a notion that Jesus actually died on the cross. But his burial is what is a public witness that he did indeed die. And that's a key feature of the gospel. Now, having said that, you shouldn't have any trouble wondering about the second pair. What's the relationship between the resurrection and the appearances? Well, the same thing. Just as the burial is the witness of the death, the appearances are the witness of the resurrection. Because when you see someone walking around on the street, you realize they're alive. You see me, you think I'm alive. They saw Jesus, they realized that he was alive. It proved that he had been raised from the dead. And you just imagine, if we didn't have any of those uh, appearances, imagine how the Gospels would read. Imagine if the end of the Gospels was the cross. No empty tomb, no angels explaining anything, no appearance to anyone. It would be a different story. Because then anyone could say anything about what happened to his body. Maybe he was stolen away. You know, what's the truth? Well, the truth can be shown in the fact that his appearances witness to his resurrection. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is about his death, witnessed by his burial. It's about his resurrection, witnessed by his appearances. So there are two key events of the four. Death and resurrection. That's the key aspects of it. So, that's what we have to consider. You say, what's hard about those things? Well, just to give us a read on what people think is hard about Jesus' death and resurrection, let me read to you from Wikipedia. Because this is just going to give us an everyman opinion. They say about Jesus Christ this, Virtually all modern scholars of antiquity agree that Jesus existed historically. Jesus was a Galilean Jew who was baptized by John the Baptist and began his ministry. He preached orally and was often referred to as rabbi. 
Jesus debated with fellow Jews on how to best follow God, engaged in healings, taught in parables, gathered followers. He was arrested, tried by the Jewish authorities, turned over to the Roman government, and crucified on the order of Pontius Pilate, the Roman prefect. After his death, his followers believed he rose from the dead, and the community they formed eventually became the early church. So according to Wikipedia, what is the key point about Christians compared to everyone else? It's only Christians who believe he rose from the dead. Everyone else can, can believe he lived and he died. Everyone lives and dies. But it's Christians who believe he rose. And brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have received such a gift of faith that you and I wholeheartedly believe that Jesus did die and that he rose again and that he's alive today. I say that is a gift of faith because none of us saw that, but we read it in the Bible and we believe it in our hearts. And not everyone does. And that's a great, great gift we've received. God's been good to us in that regard. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this good news. Thank you that you have allowed us to believe what you've said in your word, even though we can't see it with our eyes. You said to Thomas that he believed when he saw, but blessed are those who don't see, yet they believe. We're thankful for the faith you've wrought in our hearts to believe the gospel, that you died and that you rose. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.